We're in the third week of a series um, called Enemies of the Heart. And we've talked in this series about several things. Number one is that uh, this series is about the heart. And since all of you have one, this series is about you, right? Okay, so this series hits everybody. Uh, it hits everybody. It's, it's about, about our heart. Not about our heart that's that which uh, pumps blood and stuff, but about the heart that's center of our motivations uh, that uh, the Bible talks so much about. Matter of fact, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that Jesus said in Matthew 15 that uh, out of the, the things that come out of a person's mouth come from where? The heart. Yeah, if you come, what comes out of your mouth comes from your heart, and you're going like, no, 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 that's not, that's, that's not what my heart is like. It's just a slippage. Uh, my filter is let down. But, you know, the reality is he says, you know, all kind of bad things come out of our mouths but that, that hide in our hearts. And that's what this series has been about. And then probably the smartest man in all of Scripture, other than Jesus Christ, we have to take Jesus kind of out, out of the picture because he was not only God, but he was a man, but he was God as well. But the other smartest man in, in history in the Bible, it says this in, in uh, Solomon, in Proverbs 4.23, we said use this verse as kind of the key verse for this whole series. Uh, it says, above all else... Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. For, above all else, I mean, after Solomon talked about everything else, and if you read uh, uh, Proverbs and you read all the stuff that Solomon wrote, he talked about everything, about every area of life that you can possibly think about. And he says, above all those things, above everything else, what I want you to fo- focus on is guarding your heart. And uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we talked about how we learn growing up to monitor our behavior. We do. We have behavior modification things that we do. We do it with our kids. And you as adults still have behavior modification things because you don't always say what you're thinking, right? Well, if you do, you're in trouble. You probably don't have a job anymore. Uh, maybe you're no friends anymore. But, you know, the thing is, is that we learn to monitor our behavior so much. And we do as adults, not only as, as kids. But, uh, but we're never taught to guard our heart. Very rarely are we taught to do that. And so last week we talked about, we began this process of going through for four weeks, uh, four areas of life where if we don't guard our heart against these four enemies of the heart, what will happen is, is that it'll, it'll affect us in ways that we sometimes don't see immediately, but ultimately will affect every relationship that we have. And last week we talked about the, the enemy of the heart called guilt. The guilt is something that hides within our hearts, and if we don't deal with it, what happens is it not only affects the relationship that, we're dire- that it directly affects, whichever relationship that is, but actually if it's undealt with, it hides there in our heart and affects every relationship that we have. And basically, our, when we have guilt in our hearts, it says, we, it says our hearts say to us, it says, well, I owe you something. And so we had this debt-debtor relationship we talked about last week that, that it kind of sets up there. And the, and the habit of the heart that will help us to get past that, to deal with it, is the habit of confession. And we talked about not so much confession with God because the Bible talks more about confessing to one another than it talks about confessing to God, even though it does talk about that. But the problem so often is we think if we just confess to God that everything's going to be all right. It kind of puts a a Band-Aid on our problem. But unless we also confess to the person that we have the problem with, ultimately what happens is, is that it remains unresolved in a real sense and can affect every relationship that we have. So that's what we've talked about the last couple of weeks. So if you haven't been here, you want to know more about it, go online in our greatoakscc.org, and you can get the podcast as well. Uh, for those of you who, I'm going to get Nate sometime in the future to explain this to everybody, but we also have now, um, you can go to version uh, on your iPhone, 
your iPad, your, I guess your Android, whatever you have, and you actually go to uversion.com, which is an app, and you can actually get a download there. And if you go in, Nate's going to have to describe this to you. You can actually get a download of the sermon notes and all the scripture that's in, that's in the sermon every week now. I mean, so you have this, we're getting high tech, you know, we're really cool. So uh, don't know how it works. So anyway, uh, you figure it out. Some of you are, I figure, you know, we get a bunch of engineers here, they can figure it out and uh, we'll be good. So great, great, great. This week, what I want to talk about is another uh, enemy of the heart. And this enemy is not as obvious, and it probably is not as obvious in our life because when we talk about this, um, we very rarely would want to admit that we have this issue. You know, some of us will admit that we're, that we're guilty of something. Some of us will admit, we're going to talk about the next couple of weeks, greed and anger. And we might admit those, that we've been angry at someone and we've been greedy. But very rarely do we admit the one we have today because we think it's kind of juvenile. And that issue is the issue of jealousy. Jealousy. I mean, jealousy, you know, that's kind of something that little kids have a problem with. You know, I want the, you know, everybody's got one toy and they both want the toy. And so, and that one person gets the toy and they become envious or jealous. My, my friend Jeremy has this toy and, you know, I wish I had one. So they, they do all this kind of thing. And we're kind of thinking, well, that's kind of juvenile. Once we get become a teenager, an adult, you know, we don't do, we're not jealous anymore, are we? We don't do that thing. Uh, at least we don't admit it. But see, as adults, we're a little more sophisticated in how we deal with our jealousy. We're a lot more sophisticated in how we deal with our jealousy. Because, you know, we, we'll say things, you know, like we'll look at people and we're going, you know, we're looking at, and, and when we say this, we don't think of it as jealousy, but it really is. We'll say stuff like, well, you know, they're just too nice. They're just too nice. It's because we're envious and jealous of them, how nice they are. Or she's just too pretty. You know, or this is not, this is the one we, all of us have said at one time or another, you know, if, if I had that much money, this is how I wouldn't spend it that way. You ever said that? If I had that much money, I wouldn't spend it that way. You know what you're saying is you're saying you're envious of the person to have that much money because, and you just make this comment about that as well. And what you're doing is, is you're really being critical. And when we're critical of a person, that's a reflection of something we wish we were. We're jealous. We're envious. And, and we're even more sophisticated in that we kind of found a way to deal with that, with, with deflecting it. And we play what I call the fairness card. And we're going like, you know, you know if, if, if the fairness card is this, is we wouldn't want everybody to have something equal. You really don't want fairness. I will guarantee it if I talk, describe what fairness is. Fairness, the implications of fairness, if you take it to the logical conclusion, is this, that everybody, all resources in the world and all gifts and talents in the world are equally distributed to everybody, right? That would be fair. Is that fair? Everybody gets the same thing. If that were to happen this morning, immediately, right now, guess what would happen to all of us? We would immediately be poorer than we are right now. See, none of us want fair. We want more. That's what we want, right? We want more. And so the issue is not about the fairness card. So today as we talk about jealousy, we're going to be talking about it. So what do we... What do we what do we need to do? See, see, we need an excuse so often to get rid of the crud in our heart uh, because without it, if we don't have an excuse, what do we have to do? We have to acknowledge that maybe we are jealous. We, we are envious of people. And the, the strange thing about jealousy is that if you had more, it wouldn't resolve the issue, would it? 
That's going to be quite a minute. Think, think about that. If you had more, what res- Okay, when I was 25 years old and when I first got married, I had a certain amount of stuff. And you had a certain amount of stuff. And you're always thinking back then, well, if I get to this place in life and I have this much stuff, then I'll be much more happy. But what happened when you got to that stage of life and you had this much more stuff? Were you happy? Happier than you were when you had less stuff? Let's just be honest with ourselves. No, more does not resolve the issue. More just makes us want more. And so we're never, 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 ever, resolve, we don't resolve this because we, we look around and we can always, and the reason is because we look around and we see people that have what? More. And so we want more too. We think it's just not fair that everybody has that. We look around at people and, you know, and, and, it's, and the issue is not an a, a issue of, of stuff. It's not an issue of what, who has what. It's, it's really a hard issue. It's not about circumstances. So if you got more, you would still be a jealous, envious person. That's what the Bible says. It would just shift to somebody else. Because guess what? There will always be somebody that has smarter kids than you, your kids. There will always be somebody that, that uh, work, doesn't work as hard as you do and has more resources than you. There will always be somebody that looks better in that bathing suit than you do. Always. Okay? Right? Come on, you guys are so quiet this morning. I just don't like this because I don't like it either because it admits that there's something wrong in my heart when I have this inclination to want more. And we look at people and we're going like, well, you know, that's not fair. I just, they get all this stuff and I don't have it. God, you know, whatever. And so we categorize. You see, the, the, the problem is a heart issue. But in our world, we think it is a people issue. We approach it like it's a people issue. Like the reason that it's because that person has it and this person. So we, we, we become envious and jealous of that person. And so we categorize people. We put everybody into a group. We have like, well, uh, uh, you know, we talk about all those rich people. Are we talking about all those athletes? You know, and this weekend, I'm envious. You know, man, back when I was in high school, I could actually dunk a basketball, okay? 6'3 white boy that could dunk a basketball. That was awesome, you know? I could barely dunk a basketball, you know, but it was, it was pretty awesome. This weekend, I mean, every guy, you know, 5'8 guys, you know, playing an NCAA tournament can dunk a basketball. And some of those monster guys, they look like, and they stick their whole hand down in the rim. I'm going, like, man, it would be great to be able to do that. That'd be so cool. I'm envious. And I think about that when I'm watching on TV, and I'm going like, wow, you know, what a future they have. Because they'll have more. And they do have more in some ways. Are we decide, you know, and, and we look around and look at people, and we're like, you know, we categorize people as look at all those skinny people. You know? Some of us just don't like skinny people. Because we like to be just as skinny as they are. Or whatever the, whatever the deal is. And this morning, as you're here this morning, maybe your first time, I don't know. And, you, and you're going like, well, this is nothing new. I know this stuff. I know this stuff. I mean, I've heard this before. But I need to understand, uh, explain something this morning that's important. Because there is something more that needs to be understood. And since I've already conquered this issue in my life, just kidding. It's an ongoing issue. You know, what I wanted to do is describe what, how this dynamic works in my life and your life too so that we won't become jealous because jealousy, if unchecked, just like guilt, what happens is it will lead us to be, it will it'll destroy relationships. 
Matter of fact, it can become something that places a barrier between us and our relationship with God and our relationship with people if we have unchecked envy and jealousy in our life. So what is that issue? See, the problem is, is the dilemma is this. I think that you're my problem because you have stuff, and you think that I'm your problem because I have certain things that maybe you want because I think it is what you have that makes me feel the way I, the way I do. And so I distance myself from people that are the way that I think I wish I could be like. But here's the real deal. You are not my problem, and I'm not your problem. Because I know this because of this. Because you cannot solve my problem of being jealous and envious. Nothing you can do can solve my problem or solve jealousy. Because we blame other people for what is in our heart. And it's what's in our heart that's the problem. And that's what we're talking about here. We, so we mistreat other people because of a wrong perception. In fact, matter of fact, if we want to get down to the bottom line of all this, there's only one thing that a person that we're jealous about can do to make us feel better about us. You know what that is? You know what that is? I think you know what it is, but you just don't want to say it. The only thing a person that we're jealous about can do is when they fail. And then this, this evil thing in our hearts to go like, you know, like, well, you know, they're 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 smart kid. You know, we don't say this out loud, but we think in our head, if we wish our kids were just like their kids, this perfect child this person has, and they do something that fails, we're going like, oh yeah. Or we go to the pool this summer. The summer, there is gonna be summer again, and it's gonna be warm. Right? Really? It's coming. It's supposed to be 65 tomorrow. Okay, I'm planning on playing golf tomorrow afternoon. I don't know about you guys, but I, I, mean, I said the first time it's warm enough, I don't care what day of the week it is. I said even on Sunday, you know, but I will still go to church. But the issue is, I said, I, you know, I'm so tired and sick and tired, but it's going to get warm again. But sometime this summer, you'll go to the pool, and that person, that lady, that guy that you have been envious of because they have this really buff body, you'll look there, and you'll go to the pool, and, and they have not been working out as much during this winter. And you'll go to the pool and you'll and you're look at them and you'll see them in their bathing suit or whatever and you're going like, well, they don't look as good as they did last year. Yes. <laughs> right? You've never done that, right? You've never done Let's just be honest with ourselves. Sometimes that's the way we think because we're going like, we become envious of somebody because we wish that we had what they have. And jealousy is something deep-seated in our heart and it's not their problem. Whose problem is it? It's our problem. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to do something risky that I've never done before at Great Oaks. And I'm going to actually ask for some volunteers in a moment here. Uh, we need three volunteers this morning. This is how we're going to pick them out. How many of you like Apple products? Like, I've got an iPad up here, and I've got, you know, I've got an iPhone in my office, and I use every day when I, every, whenever I work out, when I decide it's the right time to work out, I use, uh, you know, iPad shuffle, iPod shuffle, little shuffle. You know, anybody like uh, Apple products? Anybody here? Like, you can raise your hand. This is participation. Raise your hand now. Okay, no, 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 no. This is cool. This is cool. Okay, now, how many of you like music? How many of you like music? Anybody here like music? Cool, great, fantastic. Okay, how many of you would like to have an iPod shuffle? Raise your hand if you'd like an iPod shuffle. Okay, Nate, Nate's going to help me choose three of those. Or keep your hands up if you'd like to have an iPod shuffle. You raise your hand, raise your hand. Nate's going to pick out three people this morning to participate in our on, on stage uh, game here. Come on, Nate, you got, they got to come, you got to come. Come on. Hey, 
If he picks you out, you got to come. you got to come. Okay, hurry up. We don't have all day for this. I mean, I do have some extra minutes this morning. Okay. Okay. And, and please put a name tag on because I haven't memorized all of your names. Just your first name. I don't need the whole name. Just first name. Okay? It's sticking on you. Okay? We've got two people, two participants. Okay? We've got one more person that wants to come. Okay? Put your name. Put it down and come up here on the stage. Okay, just put your name on the, on the thing. Put it on, come up here on the stage. You've got to come on the Just the lower stage, not the upper stage. That's a lot scarier place than down here. Okay? Let me borrow it. You got your name on there? Okay. Here we go. You, you, you got it. Fantastic. Okay. We got... Okay. You come over here too. Okay. We got three people. Okay. We got Courtney, Courtney, and we got Jenny, and we got Kyle. You're the only one I knew your name. Okay? That's really horrible, you know. So anyway, we got three, three people here this morning. Okay. How long have you been going to Great Oaks? You've been here for a while, right? A year? A year? year? three years, okay, you guys are old timers here, you know, you've been here forever, okay, and this morning, you really like, you like, um, you like Apple products, right, you know, and so this morning, uh, the cool thing about this is that uh, I'm going to, you know, I, I think it's fantastic, we actually have some Apple products in these bags right here, we really do, and, uh, you know, and so I, I get to choose this morning who gets what, though, I know what's in each one of these bags, and I get to choose what's in these bags. Now, so I'm, I'm just going to choose this morning. I don't, you know, know who, you know, whatever. So I'll just take this bag right here. Okay, I don't know what's in that bag. Okay, Courtney, got the, there. I want to give it to Courtney until she got her name tag on, okay? Okay, so make sure I say Courtney. So you get, you get this bag, okay? And okay. Yeah, there's the bag. Okay. Jenny, you get this one, okay? And I will wait a while on yours, okay? Is that all right? Okay, I'm waiting while on yours. Okay, so this morning, what I want to do is I want to, okay, I get to choose what you have, okay? Um, so, Courtney, go ahead and take what's in your bag and see what's in your bag, what's in there. It's an iPod shuffle. It really is, a real one, a real iPod shuffle. Okay, isn't that cool? You know what, how it works? That'll hold over you know, several hundred songs. I use one, you can clip it on your collar, you can clip it on, you know, whatever, as you're walking, doing whatever you want to do. It's a really cool thing, right? So she gets an iPod shuffle. What do you got in your bag this morning? You're going like, is it an iPod? Ah, it's not an iPod shuffle. But it is an Apple product. It's an iTunes card. It's an iTunes card. Okay, it's not quite as cool as an iPod shuffle, right? But, you know, but it's, it's not bad. You know, an iTunes card, you know, you, you got to have, you know, music to put on, you know, so I don't know if you have one, you know, whatever, but you can download it to your computer. You can download it to your whatever you want to do, okay? I held this off because this is the best prize of all, okay? And uh, <laughs> Kyle... Apple sticker? Uh, no, no, no. Show them what you got this morning. It says an Apple product. It's an Apple. It's an Apple. And that's, it's okay. And you know what he, Kyle just said? He's going like, no, no, hold, no Kyle, hold up your Apple. You've got to be proud of your Apple. You didn't, that's a nice Apple. That Apple costs a dollar. It's an expensive Apple. That's the most expensive Apple that Walmart sold. Really, I bought the best, only the best, Okay. So, yeah. Now, let me, let me just explain something this morning. This morning, you know, is we have these three people here, you know, and Courtney has the, got the iPod, iPod Shuffle, and Jenny got the iTunes card, which is a good, good gift, not as really cool as that. And then Kyle got this really great Apple. It's shiny, and it's, it's really good, you know, this morning. You know, they can look at each other, and, and, you know, and if they were to think about it, would it be kind of dumb for them to be envious of each other? Because who chose what they were going to do? Who, if they're, if they're upset about what they have, who should they point their finger at? Who should they send emails to? 
This is not a hard question. Nate, okay, Nate, okay, that's great, okay, fantastic. No, Nate had all, no idea what was in the bags. I knew what was in every bag. Actually, I have it written on my iPod, iPad right here, and I got to choose. So who should they be upset with? Me, me. Okay, you guys can go back and sit down, and you, got, you get to keep your prizes. Be proud with that apple there, I want to tell you. Now, you know what, what, you know, the struggle I had with this illustration is this, you know, if we're fair, what should I have done is go backstage and pull out two iPod shuffles because that would be fair, but I'm not fair and I'm not going to do it. You got what you got. You got more than what you came with, right? I mean, you did. You got more than what you came with. Everybody else here, you know, got nothing. And you got something. But the thing is, is so if, if, if you don't understand this, you see, when you're envious, when you're upset and jealous and envy, you, you focus your attention on the person. But who are you really angry with? Because the person is not the one who distributes the gifts. The person is not the one who, who, you're, who are you angry with, if we'll admit it. We're angry with God. With God. Jealousy the first problem we have to recognize if we're going to deal with the jealousy in our life, the envy in our life, is that we need to understand that we're, je- we're angry at God. We don't say it that way because it's much easier to focus our attention on another person. But we're angry with God and see as long as you think your problems with rich people or skinny people or people with smart kids and you go down the list, whatever you want to do, you will never ever resolve the issue of your jealousy. You will not address your envy or your jealousy. It's because we believe that the, the really the underlying cause, the root cause of jealousy is that we think God is not fair. But let me share with you something. Fairness kind of left the building after the Garden of Eden because God gave us the choice. He said, you know, I, I can keep everything you know, the way it is, but if you choose, I'll give you the choice to, to make choices. And those choices affect everybody, and it's just not fair anymore. Matter of fact, if you look in Scripture, if you look in Scripture, you will see. Uh, all the way back in, uh, in, in the Old Testament, uh, what the Bible says about how, how God distributes things, that God is a sovereign God, that means that God has a, a plan for the world, and that he can choose how he does things. And it may not make sense to us all the time, but that's not the issue. And so it says all the way back in Daniel chapter 4, verse 35, it says this about God. It says, God, he does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold, can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? What have you done? Because he's God. It's not a, lack, a matter of a lack of favor or love in God's part, but God has a plan in our life. And his plan is not to always distribute everything equally. It's to help us to grow up. And to be mature people in the world. Do you understand that? And so that's, that's the problem. Matter of fact, in the New Testament, when we talk about how God even hands out spiritual gifts, you know what it talks about? Or it talks about skills. It says this in First Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. It says, our competence, our competence comes from God. That's what it says in Scripture. Our competence, our ability to do things. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit does what? The same Spirit, God's Spirit, distributes them. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 11, it says this. It says, there are, uh, all these work, uh, are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as, who determines? Just as he, God's Spirit, determines. God even hands out the spiritual gifts in different ways. And it says in Scripture that God gives everybody some gifts, but he doesn't give everybody every gift. 
And there's been all kinds of battles that go on, and jealousy even amongst people because of certain spiritual gifts in their lives. And we take it out. See, the real problem isn't with people. When we get down to it, it's with God. And until we face up to that truth, jealousy will continue to wreak havoc in our relationship. Matter of fact, one of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of James. If you have your Bible this morning, you want to turn just for a couple of minutes, just a, a couple of verses that we're going to look at. It's on your outline as well. Um, the Bible says that the driving force behind jealousy is really the driving force behind every one of our relational problems. In James chapter 4, it says this in verse 1. It says, what causes fight and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? The desires that battle within you. See, what it's saying here is the common denominator in all of our problems is what? Is it God? No. Yeah, we can blame God for the fact that he maybe didn't distribute things equally, but really the problem is our desires that are within us. Me, I'm the problem. I'm the problem. And so we have to understand that. Until, and so uh, you want something, but you don't get it, and so do you blame and blame God, but it's really it's your desires within you. And then it's in James chapter 4, verse 2, the very next verse says, you desire, but you do not have. So what do you do? You kill. I mean, wars have been fought over stuff because people didn't think everything was distributed equally. That's what every war is about. It's about people wanting more. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. And so what the Bible's telling us, I think, very clearly here is this. Until I can own my, my share of the problem, I'll always have a tendency to blame the other person. I'll always be jealous and envious of other people who have more. But do you know what blame really is when we do that? you know what really is when we blame somebody? It's, it's our admission that I can't be happy without your cooperation. I can't be happy until, until, unless you act a certain way, unless you, uh, uh, I can't be satisfied or content. And the logical extreme for this is, is this, that you can never be happy until you're able to control the actions and reactions of everybody you come into contact with. And if that's the case, what's the problem? That'll never happen. Because you always want more. And, and it's, so you've got to understand it's a heart problem. And it's not another person's problem. Jealousy and envy, envious uh, uh, attitudes are not another person's problem. They're a, they're a me problem. And so he says, he says in here, if it's, that's true, and God's the one that gives everything, he says, so what's the solution? Well, James says, you can take your appetites and your desires to the one that created you in the first place. That's what he says, because in the very next verse, the second part of James chapter 4, verse 2, it says this. He says, after you said all these things about what causes fights and quarrels among you, don't they come from your desires? The last part of verse 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask God. See, so often we become envious and jealous of people, and we think, well, they would just share more. You know, I'd be happy. James is saying, you don't resolve this issue because you're going to the wrong source. And so he says, what you need to do is take it to God. And, and when I mention this, I usually get this response, well, I prayed about it already. I prayed about it already. You know what that means? This is what you probably pray. I, I'm just dealing, I've dealt with, you know, I live in the real world. I'm a realist. I hate to say this, but this is, I'm not, I'm, I don't have rose-colored glasses in regards to people. I believe in the depravity of man. Okay, which is a doctrine, a biblical doctrine. 
Uh, it's basically this. When you say, I prayed about that, and I wanted something, and I prayed about it, and it means that I prayed that God would change the heart of so-and-so who's not giving me what I think I deserve. That's what we pray about so often. We think because if they would do something different, then I would be happier. But that's not what James is talking about. James is instructing us, instructing us to bring our deepest desires and unmet needs to the Father. He's giving us permission to pour out our hearts in an unfiltered conversation with the Creator. That's what he's saying. He says, bring the stuff to the God. He's the one. If you're, if you're angry at someone, be angry at God. You're going like, I can't say that to God. Because he'll strike me dead. I hate to tell you this, but probably if God was going to strike you dead, you've probably done other things before now that he had greater reason to strike you dead for, right? And the reality is, is no, no, it's not, not what he does. God, God's big. He can handle it. He wants us to come before him. But then it says this. James goes a, goes a little further here, he, and he says this in verse 3. He says, then he says, you know, bring it to God. Then he says this, but when you ask, he says, you may not receive. He said, you do not receive because you ask what? With the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. He's saying that God is not going to give you everything you ask. You know, bring everything to him. If you, if you have a problem with the distribution of stuff, bring it to him and talk to him about it. But he says he may not answer you the way you want because what's God's end game? God wants you to grow up. He wants you to be mature. He wants you to be unselfish. He's not going to give you more stuff so you can be more selfish if he doesn't think it's going to be healthy for you. So James instructs us to bring all our desires to God, but then he tells us that God may say no. The fact is that God loves you too much to give you everything that you ask for. But don't miss the point here. The point is this. He still says, still take it to God. He may not give you what you want, but still take it to God. Why? Why do we do that? Why do we do Why? Why, if there's no guarantee that we'll get what we want, what's the point? Because God wants you to understand something that he's already said through James in James chapter 1. Is that God wants you to know, that, know him, God, as the source of all good things in our life. I heard it so often. We say stuff like, well, I earned it. You know, or I, you know, you know we say, you know, well, I worked hard for that. That may be true. But who owned it before you got it? And it wasn't the guy down the street, Okay. It was God. He owns all things. He's created all things. He's the owner of all things, ultimately in life. Matter of fact, in James in chapter 1, verse 17, he says this, Every good and perfect gift is from where? From above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. See, if we don't understand this, we will remain bitter, jealous people in our life because we'll always think, that we need more, and more is going to make us happy. And if you have it, and I don't have it, I'll be envious of you because you have it, and I wish I had it, whatever it may be. And without any real effort on our part, we know what jealousy becomes if we let it harbor in our hearts very long? It becomes resentment. Resentment. I resent that person because they have it. None of us jealous and envious of them. Now I resent them. And the resentment has the ability to sour attitudes toward entire categories of people. So often we focus our emotion on somebody else and it fans the flames of jealousy. And focusing on our own hearts begin the process of quenching it. So, 
once you've isolated the problem, the rest is really simple. It's not easy. It's simple, though. Okay? Because all your frustration, all your discontent, the Bible says here in James, says, let God know it. Let him know how you feel. Take it all to him. But I promise you, if you do that, you know what God's going to do? If you're honest to God and you, and you, filter, you have this unfiltered conversation with God, he is going to begin the process, and if you're honest with him, he's going to begin the process of changing your heart and making you see things in a different way. And if you're sincerely are looking for relief from God, he will redirect your thoughts to the fact that we were pretty much, this is, this is the reality, we were pretty much goners hopelessly separated from God, but God had mercy and gave us exactly what we did not deserve, forgiveness. And the price was his son. And our disappointment with not getting what we want or believe what we, uh, that we deserve certain things pales in significance next to the fact that we have been given what we most need. Because in the shadow of the cross, everything, everything, it's clear, God doesn't owe us anything. When we come before God and are open and honest and we're honest with ourselves and with our own condition of our own heart, we will come this aware, we'll understand that God doesn't owe us anything. We owe him everything, maybe even including an apology. And the outcome, if we don't deal with our, with our jealousy and with our envy, and it, which leads to resentment, what will happen is, ultimately, it will lead us to having this, this cloud above every relationship that we have. Because remember what our basic purpose is as people? comes from the great commandment. We talk about this all the time. We haven't said it recently, but we talk about it. What's, the, what's God said that our purpose in life is? Jesus, when they came to Jesus and they asked, what is the purpose of life? What is the greatest commandment? What did he tell them? This is not hard. You don't have to be to church very long to know this one, okay? Love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And do what? Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're resenting your neighbor, how can you love your neighbor? And how can you love God? Because God said, and we talked about this last week, God said if you're coming to the altar and offering a gift and, and you have a problem between you and someone else, he says, what do you need to do first? He says, you need to go and make right with that person because it, if you don't make it right with people, you can't be right with me. And one of the most famous verses on love, the how we love, is, is, is 1 Corinthians 13. You may be the last time, you know, I mean, probably most of us read it, had it read in our weddings. But we need to read it every day because it's a description of love. And at least verses 4 through 6, because it says this about love. This is the way we should love if we have the kind of love that God wants us to have. He says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not envy. It does not, it's not jealous. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And so what is it the Bible saying? The Bible is saying to us this. If we don't deal with with jealousy and envy in our life, what is it going to do? It's going to destroy every relationship that we have. And the first thing we have to understand is this. Number one, the person that you're jealous and envy, it's not their problem. You're, you're angry at God, and so just admit that. And go to him and let him know that, and he'll begin to change your life because just being envious and angry and jealous with somebody else is not going to change them. It's not going to solve your problem because the problem is in here. And the only person that can change the problem that's in here is God. 
But we have to first recognize where the, the source of our problem is. So, as we close the day, let me ask you this question. How are things in your heart? How are things in your heart? Are you envious or jealous of someone? I mean, if you'll admit it, you know, you just don't, there's certain categories of people you just don't like. Would you admit that you're really upset with God? If you come down to it, sometimes you're just upset with God because you don't think God's fair. That being the case, would you admit you have a heart problem? And then finally, would you take it to God? Would you take it to God so that he can heal your heart? Because he's the only one that can. Don't let guilt or jealousy or any of the other things that we'll be talking about the next couple of weeks harbor and be harbored in your heart because they will destroy all relationships that you have. They will cause you to become a bitter, angry, jealous, guilty person who no one wants to be around. But God says there's ways. Number one, we have to go to him and admit what our need is and pour it out to him. Would you do that this week? Would you spend time each day emptying your heart of the stuff that that's been, you've been clinging to that would cause you to be envious or jealous of someone? And would you let God know and let him begin to work and mold your heart in a new way? That's the first step. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, go to greatoakscc.org.